0: Hey everybody, it's Tina, and today we're talking to our Director of Flames Talent, Taylor Jones. Welcome, Taylor. Hey, Tina. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into our topic today, which is basically getting prepped and ready for storm season, I wanted to chat a little bit about your recent position change at Eberl. Can you tell us a little bit about your new role? Sure. So I started with Everll back in 2011 around Irene
1: and I started as a dispatcher and I've since moved up and had many positions since then. But most recently I was the training manager, which most adjusters know me as now. So as the most recent promotion and on November 1st, 2017, I've been promoted to the director of claims talent and it's all very exciting changes, of course. So um, we have combined three teams under one department and one leader, and again, that is the Claims Talent Unit. So, training, staffing, and recruiting departments are now part of that umbrella. So, this change has allowed for us to focus on our three primary goals in the department, which is one, exceptional customer service, scalability, and efficiency. Um you know, Eberl has some pretty aggressive growth goals, and combining these teams under one umbrella is going to allow us to support those goals, and we're all very excited and optimistic about the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited as well. And um, on a personal note, I have moved from my old position in marketing, and I'm now part of the Claims Talent Unit as well. We are and so very I'm, happy to have thank you. you. And um, I'm now a staffing team lead, so I'll be working out more on the deployment side, and I'm excited. We have some really neat changes coming yeah. up. Yeah, um, Great departmental plan. So, we'll get down to business here. What everyone really wants to talk about right now is storm season. We're coming into spring storm season. Granted, we're busy year-round. We're always working cat claims. There's always weather, but we definitely see an uptick this time of year. And so, we typically kind of like to chat a little bit and let our adjusters know what to do to get ready for storm season, how to be prepared, how to be successful, all those good things. So, Taylor, let's kick
1: it off. Absolutely. So preparing for storm season is really no different than preparing all year round. Like you said, our our business is cyclical, it's dynamic, it's based around storm activity, and we have that all year round. Um, Of of course, we have a couple months that has increased activity, but you should always really be prepared because you never know when that call is going to come in. But just for starters, do we have all of your experience updated so that we can consider you for any assignments for which you qualify? Um, If you were deployed with Everol, we already have that experience, so you don't have to tell us about that, of course, but Mm -hmm. maybe in your course of your career, you've got an experience somewhere else. Um, We'd like to know about that. As soon as you get off an assignment with another vendor, we need to know about it because we want to know. You know, we always say having experience may be better than having no experience. So just let us know. We we really want to have your profile up to date. Um, Also, are your licenses applied for or renewed? Licenses are huge and and you just you just got to have them. I mean, we're going to a a world in which all licenses are going to be required. So, sure. the more the merrier, um, you get on renewed and applied for. And, um, you know, that's just what we're looking for on the license front,
0: rather. And I will say a point about the licenses. So, good news for our adjusters that are listening. You don't really need to send us copies of your licenses any longer. No, it's awesome. We interface with the National Producer Registry each week. We update your profile. So any license that you've renewed comes through our system with the current expiration date and all that good stuff. So you don't have to worry about taking the time to send us a copy of each new license as you get it. So that's one less thing to think about.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I will say um, it does update every Monday. So let's say long about Tuesday, we get a hurricane that hits and you got a license. You may send that in, Sure. but for the most part, near your regular you know, day-to-day life, you don't have to worry about doing any of that. Um, The next thing is, are you available? This is a big one, really big one. So we count on your honest availability when we're deploying. So if you say you're available um, and assume that an assignment comes in for which you qualify, that we're going to call you for it. So if you tell us you're available, understand that we are going to count on that um, for our client commitments and our capacity and things of that nature. So if you told us you're available, we're assuming that you're ready to go. And when a deployment comes in... um, we typically have a pretty tight turnaround time for which we get those rosters sent up. So having your availability updated and responding to our texts and calls is key.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I. <clears throat> I can speak of a couple occasions just recently where somebody had literally updated their availability, said they were available on a Tuesday. We called them on a Wednesday and they weren't available. So that definitely poses challenges to us when we're trying to get things done efficiently. It cuts into other people's travel time. You know, you've got 48 hours to get there. So the more time we have to spend on the front end, it takes time away on the back end from people trying to travel. So please, please be aware if you tell us you're available, we could call you that day. We could call you the next day. We might not call you for a week, but we don't want to take that for granted when you make that commitment to us. We
1: definitely, we rely on that honest availability. And so um, we will take the time to uh, to call you if we have an assignment. So we hope that you'll take the time to answer our phone calls and, and be honest with us. So that brings me to the other point is that answering your phone and text messages, that sure. is another big one. We are in storm season, folks. So um, if we're calling, there's a good chance that you know we've got a job for you waiting on the other end of that line. So please, please, please keep your phone very near and dear to you and answer it promptly or call us. Back um, again. I just spoke about we have those tight turnaround times on those rosters, so we don't always have the luxury of waiting on your callback. So mm-hmm. we we will move on quite quickly and call the next candidate. So this could be the difference in whether or not you get deployed.
0: And I know we've said it before on previous podcasts, but deployment calls can and will come at any time. It can be seven thirty on a Sunday night. It can be eight a.m. Saturday morning. It can be a holiday. It can be Christmas Eve. I mean, when the storms happen, they happen. We don't get to pick. So, you know, if you're going into a movie for an evening or you're going to be out of pocket, you might want to keep checking your phone. People miss calls because they're not available for 15 or 20 minutes sometimes. So um, just be cognizant. Even though it could be 730 on a Sunday night, we might be calling you.
1: Yeah, business is very cyclical in nature and very dynamic, and we don't know when those next assignments are gonna roll in. Um, So get it while they're getting as good as they say. That's, you know, another point is if you're thinking, well, you know, I've got Easter coming up, and so maybe I'll just kind of wait around. Understand that, you know, the old adage goes, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So if we're offering it, I say don't risk it. Take what's being offered and and work it
0: until they tell you to go home. Yep. Hey, so we were talking about updating availability, which is really important. Can we talk about some of the ways that adjusters update their availability with sure. Aperol.
1: Absolutely. So there's there's many ways you can do it. You can do it um, through your profile on our Aperol uh, website. Which so, you have to log in yep, to do. You yeah. log in to do, and you can update your availability there. You can send us an email. You can reply to text messages that we send you, or you can pick up the phone and call and talk to anybody. Um, call anybody in the Claims Talent Unit, and we can always
0: update your availability. So there's several ways to do it. Cool. And I like that you mentioned about call and talk to anybody in the claims talent unit. So when you need to do, when you need to update availability availability with Ebral, or if you have a question about what deployments are going on, you can call into our office and talk to anyone in the staffing or recruiting departments. Anyone will be able to answer your questions. You don't necessarily have to have a specific designated point of contact. That being said, if you find someone that you just really click with and want to talk to them each time, feel free to call in and ask for them. But like Taylor was saying about our efficiency, our scalability, and our customer service, it's going to be much better for every adjuster calling in if you've got a whole team of people ready to serve you
1: absolutely and that's one of the the big changes that adjusters may have noticed um with the claims talent unit is that we did we we sunset our dispatch team concept and that was around for a really long time and it served us very well for many many years but um just looking at our new growth goals it just didn't seem like it was serving us or our three goals um anymore and so we did sunset that concept but now an adjuster they can call and speak to anyone in the claims talent unit be it training staffing recruiting um, if you're down in the training facility, you' stop by, see us, um, talk to us, update your availability, just totally <laughs> up to you. you Alice many, your many ways to do it when you're in the <laughs> training facility, taking one of our awesome trainings. Um, you know, educational trainings come in and say hello and and uh, we can update you there. But these, again, this this definitely supports our, our three goals. And adjusters can feel confident now that their profiles are always being watched over by anyone in the department. Yeah. Um, if someone's on vacation, for example, no need to worry. We have other team members that are going to jump in and assist and support.
0: Make sure you're getting considered yep. for anything that you're qualified for. Absolutely. So I know a top question that we get in the office and, you know, adjusters I typically see are asking on message boards, et cetera. How do I get considered for the most assignments? So obviously at Abril, we're going to encourage you to make yourself as marketable as possible. Taylor, do you want to talk a little bit about what all that would encompass from our standpoint? Sure. Um, that I get that question in the training facility all the time. They'll say,
1: Hey Taylor, you know, do you recommend, uh, you know, it's kind of on the property path, but do you recommend I get auto? And I say, I don't know. Are you interested in auto? Mm -hmm. If you're at all interested in either or both, I say, get them, um, you know, build your resume with with the most skill sets, get your certifications, get your, you know, for both get other client certifications as well. Mm -hmm. We have many clients and a couple of them have certifications, get those, um, licenses. I can't tell you how much more marketable licenses will get you. If you're, you know of the old adage that you're just going to have one license and you'll skate through mm-hmm. um, I don't recommend that anymore it doesn't we are, work it doesn't work anymore we yeah. you know we are requesting that you get all 34 licenses that's a big one so more licenses will make you more marketable just invest in yourself is and um, that with the more the merrier the more sure. trainings the more education the more professional development even if you're a six-year adjuster and you think that you know everything there is to know, I assure you that you'll learn something. There's in something our, to be built yeah, in. Yeah, you know. in our Exactimate classes, you'll learn. So um, we have hot topics and things like that that mm-hmm. we want you to get involved with. So um, there's always something, some way to develop yourself, whether you're new or a 10-year adjuster.
0: Absolutely. And I'd like to touch on licenses just a little bit. Taylor and I were talking earlier, you know, um, we invested in a college education with no guarantee that we would come out and have gainful employment. Yet we did that, took a chance, no that that would enrich us and make us more marketable. The same as getting adjuster licenses. You know, sometimes we'll hear from people like, gosh, I, I don't want to lay out all that money. I'll get the license when I get the assignment. You know, some of those things. Well, for one, you can't always get the license when you take the assignment. More and more, you have to have that before you leave the house is what we're seeing. And when you look at the price of licensing, I think we talked about to obtain your initial round of all licenses, about $3,700. It's in the neighborhood of about thirty seven. dollars And then to maintain those licenses, you're looking at, what, fifteen dollars to $1,700. Yep, yeah, it's in that neighborhood as and well. And realistically, you could pay for that in a couple days on your first deployment. So you kind of have to weigh the the cost over the reward on that, and it'll work out for you tenfold, if not more, um, if you make that investment on the front end.
1: If I'm looking at deploying. I've got two adjusters sitting here. You've got me and you've got Tina, and I have one license and Tina has fifteen. And all things, all everything else is considered mm-hmm. equal. I'm choosing Tina every time because she is more value add. Tina yeah. can can help us in fifteen states, more scenarios. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, and many more scenarios than I ever could. And so it's value add. And you know, you have people who will say, oh, you know, well, we'll depend on emergency licensing. And and you know, I say, well, sometimes I go to Vegas and sometimes I'm going to roll sevens. I don't know. Right. It may work out for you. It may pan out. But I can tell you that the more like licenses you have, the more value add. That you you bring to Eberle, yeah. and the more marketable you'll be.
0: And if you always want to be on that first wave, get the license. You know, if you want to maybe wait at home and see if it gets declared a catastrophe and an emergency, that usually takes time. Um, you know, government offices are closed on the weekends. If it's truly a catastrophe situation, they may be closed for several days, weeks. Um, so it can take a week or two sometimes to get an actual cat declaration, and you're waiting on a license, and you know by then the first and second wave have gone out, maybe that's all we need.
1: Well, um, and I would say that just because the state declares it a catastrophe doesn't mean that our clients
0: are going to. That's an excellent point. So, sometimes they still require you to hold the license whether it's declared or not. It,
1: absolutely. So you can never just guarantee that. Of course, we had two Cat 5s. We had Harvey. We had Irma mm-hmm. this last year. Yeah, that was an emergency situation. And, and again, sometimes you roll sevens, but, yeah. but it's not always going to be going to roll out that way for you.
0: And I think another myth that I've heard around licensing is you only need multiple state licenses licenses if you want to work inside assignments. While there is a bit of truth to having multiple licenses for an inside assignment, I still encourage it for people that want to work field deployments, because again, you're going to have to have that license before you get there. We saw it a couple weeks ago trying to deploy for some places in the Northeast. Those weren't issuing emergency licenses. We had to pick from a relatively small group of people, but those are the ones that got the call in January, February, March, when it's pretty lean, you're sitting at home and you're hungry. Those licenses paid for themselves within the first couple days of an assignment. So whether you want to work inside or outside, please, please get as many licenses as you possibly can.
1: Well, and there's nothing that says that I'm not going to cross state lines while I'm handling claims. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm in Maryland, I'm going down to Virginia or what have you. Um, You know, there's nothing that says that I won't cross those state lines. Um, So, you know, and then the other thing is I I go back to it. I'll say it over and over and over. You have value add if you have one license or if you have 15, it's that value add.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I think we've probably killed licenses. We yeah, can and I, I could probably keep we going. We could probably but do two sure. hours just about licenses, but, but we want you to keep listening. So we'll move along.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and we'll get into some other things for her for preparedness for storm season is, um, I, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to say that you need to have your vehicle maintained and ready to go. Sure. We've got to, you, you know, most of the time you'll have about 48 hours to arrive on assignment. So get your vehicle maintained, you know, after that call comes in. Um, that's If that's when you decide to get your vehicle maintained, you're kind of getting, getting behind. Get tires. The, that's yeah. not
0: going to work. Yeah, you're yeah. getting behind
1: the eight ball there. And also have your gear and your supplies ready and replenished in your vehicle and ready to go. Have your
0: equipment. Are you a rope and harness adjuster? Which, hint, hint, we need rope and harness adjusters all the time. (laughs) So go ahead and get that equipment if you don't have it. But, you know, make sure you have the rope and harness equipment. If you have a two-story ladder, you know, get some of those other items and... A lot of the adjusters I know, they keep basically just a kit in their garage, and it's ready to go. Whether it's in a big bin or however they put it together, it's ready, set, go, and they can take off as soon as they get that call. Sure. So.
1: And for an office, you may not need rope open harness or, or that equipment, but is your vehicle maintained to get you to that in-office mm-hmm. assignment?
0: Um, Yeah, Yeah. And other things that we've talked about before, just practical matters of you being away from home for an extended period of time. Do you have somebody that can watch your house if you need to have your house watched? We've had people turn down assignments because they couldn't arrange to have someone take care of their pets or, you know, issues with mail being forwarded or things of that. So think beyond just the logistics of getting there with what you need. There's also taking care of your home while you're away.
1: Sure, and then another another great point would be to work on those required courses. Um, so, have you completed the required trainings and courses that we've that, that are necessary for your the the client? So, for example, one of our largest clients requires you to take a, a course called Nicta, and these courses are geared towards insurance crime and you know how to look for fraud and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But um, I will be the first to say, for the last three years, I've had to take those courses, and they are no joke. They are long. Don't think you're just gonna blow through call you. They're long, yeah. they're 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 arduous. They're the quizzes at the end are challenging. It's not a Spoon click, click, feed. click, click, yeah. click, now I'm done. Now I'm here's my certificate. They're very difficult. And I yeah. will say that completing them once you've accepted a deployment, that's gonna be very difficult. And um so you know, while you're sitting at home, you've got a couple hours burning a hole in your pocket, you might as well start working on some of those required courses and having them all in your profile and ready to go. So when you get that
0: phone call, you can hit the road running. And Taylor, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we can offer our adjusters NICTA courses for free. Correct. Okay. Correct. Good deal. So if you have any questions about how to access those courses under EBRIL so you can get them free of charge, by all means, call in, talk to recruiting, staffing, or compliance department, and they can hook you up with that. But, um, yeah, there's no reason to wait on doing that. Get it done now. It's good for a whole year. So this is a perfect time to get that done. It'll get you through the whole next storm season.
1: Yep, and we send out emails quite a bit, especially if you're certified for our particular client. Um, We'll send out emails letting you know that um, these courses are available to you, highly recommending them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'd just be checking your
0: email. But again, if you have any questions, feel free to contact the office. We're happy to help. Great. Um, so, Taylor, we've talked quite a bit about um, how to be prepared, uh, what licenses to get training, certifications, etc. just kind of the lowdown with that. So, another thing that we encounter this time of year is alerts and standby. So, can we kind of talk a little bit about what's the difference between the two? What are the expectations? Why do we do these things? Let, let's dive into that. Absolutely. So, the difference in an alert and standby
1: is that an alert will come first, typically, because this is. Just hey, we're watching something. There's a storm out there. There's a wave off of Africa that's formed. Some of the early models may be pointing it towards the United States, and so now we're getting a little edgy. We're just watching it. There's nothing crazy right mm-hmm. now. There's no, you know, no promises of deployments or anything like that. And we're just kind of looking at it. And um, and then as those things start to develop, and it's looking a little bit more clear, like it may hit the United Could States pose or, or pose a threat to us. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, oh, something may come of this. We may have. Um, some deployments and you know we need to be starting start getting ready for that then we'll send you a standby now, that standby is saying, we are relatively sure or certain at this point. We are, we are thinking that this is going to form. That something's going to happen.
0: our carriers have contacted yep. us and said, we need you to mobilize the troops. Sure. We need people within this radius of this location. We've probably gotten some more concrete information. Yeah,
1: and, and we're just, we're feeling a little bit more confident. Now, of course, this is storm activity and things, you know, storms. Until it hits, yeah, you don't know. It storms peter out every day. So, you, you, may, you may get three standby alerts before you actually get one that, that materializes. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know, but. we we try our best to not, you know, we take them all serious. We don't want to alert the media over nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So we really try. We try our best. And so if we're sending you a standby, it's because we we think that, that something may come of this. And then When you reply to us, we count on that. We count on your numbers for our commitments Mm -hmm. and our capacity. We count on that. And if you tell us that you're available for standby, if something does materialize and we call you, we expect that you're going to accept that for us. Yeah. So, you know, that's really important. But, you know, the difference there is just one is we're just kind of watching. And the second one is, hey, we think we think something might pop off. Even if it doesn't, we're starting. We still think it's legit and it's something to
0: really be ready to go for. Sure. And I'd like to say just a note about standby. So everyone wants information while, while you're waiting on standby. Um, you know, this can start happening while the storm is still several days away from any land. So, yeah, people want to know what's going on, who are the clients, and I, I totally get it. I'd want to know the same. We try and give you as much information as we can when we have it. If you don't know something, it could just be because we don't know it. Um, If you get new information that we don't know, say someone's calling and trying to deploy you, give us a call. Let us know that. Maybe we're deploying then. Maybe we're not. Um, Maybe that company's jumping the gun. And we can kind of tell you a little bit more about what we're going to have to offer. So we want to keep the dialogue open between you and I during standby. And also, if your availability changes, if you do end up taking that assignment with someone else, please do let us know. Because, again, like Taylor said, we don't just put you on standby for some fruitful reason or fortuitous reason. We do it because we need to know we have numbers and commitments we have to meet to our clients. And we don't want to fall short of their expectations. So we take it seriously and we encourage you to do the same. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, just a little bit about people kind of wonder, how does Eberle get their information? How do you know what the storms are going to do? You know what? We're watching the Weather Channel. We really like Weather Underground. Those are two really good resources that we rely on a lot. Um, I'm sure those of you out there have your favorite meteorology. So, no, we don't have a special crystal ball. It would be nice if we do, but those are I'd some of rich. our favorite resources. Yeah, exactly. I'd be in Vegas, like I keep talking about. Exactly. So... <laughs> Well, I think we've covered quite a bit for today. You know, like like we said at the beginning, we kind of just wanted to get people geared up for storm season, just some of the typical reminders, make sure you got the equipment ready, get the licenses, certifications, make sure we know about it, make sure we know about any new experience that we need to keep in mind when we're deploying, um, you know, and also wanted to talk a little bit about the changes at Eberle sure. and how we're working to serve you better, how we're going to provide the best customer service experience possible for you and increase efficiency and be able to flex up when we need to when the big events happen, while still maintaining that excellent customer service. So Taylor, any last thoughts for the folks listening? Just one more. I would like to touch on how these deployments materialize
1: and, and what that looks like for Eberle and down to what that looks like for the adjuster. We receive a deployment request from our client, and that request typically has some stipulations in it. So we need someone who has experience. Maybe maybe it's someone who you know we can we can um, have an appetite for a new person, but you know maybe it's they need rope and harness and they need these six licenses, Um, you know, just any number of of stipulations can come Mm -hmm. down from our client of requirements for that deployment. Um, And then we typically have a tight turnaround time, like I had spoken about, maybe two hours or so to get that roster back. And so understand that when a deployment does come in, we are on the ready, we are moving. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's no time at all before we're moving. We start building filters within our database and filtering down it. Do you have these licenses? Because if you don't, there's just nothing I can do about it, right? Sure. We, th- this is from the client. Either you have it or you don't. You have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then of course, sometimes we look at, you know, can you get it? So we'll look at these things. Um, do you have the rope and harness experience if that's what they're requesting? Or do you have an in-office back total loss background mm-hmm. or something along those lines? And that's how we start building our filters out and looking. So sometimes you'll hear, well, my friend got deployed. One, you know, we'll have to look at some reasoning behind that. We're happy to help with, you know, talk you through why Mm -hmm. you weren't chosen for that deployment. Sometimes it's because you didn't meet the requirements. Sometimes that's just, you know, the way way it it shook out. Um, You know, we have a a limited amount of deployments that we can offer up. You know, our, our client tells us we need 10 people, 15 people, 30 people, two people, whatever that magic number is. Someone
0: goes, someone doesn't go. I mean, right, and just, sometimes yeah. that's just
1: you know how how it shakes. What you're turning the barrel, um, and then sometimes it's a requirement thing. But understand that when we get those deployment requests, we are we are filtering down. We are getting the most qualified, and the best candidates that we can out for our client, and then we are notifying you know notifying you. And when we call you, you know it's it's very hard again for us to you know if you to count on you if you're going to continue to decline or tell us no. So it's really important mm-hmm. that if you're available, that you that you take these assignments. And we are looking at these declination rates and things. Mm-hmm of that of that nature we don't want to call you over and over and over again if you if you're not going to go to work right. for us so when we're looking at these declination rates and things like that if you tell us you're available we're going to count on you and if you tell us you aren't no harm no foul we, we know that we won't we won't start we won't call you
0: and, and continue and to you. offer yeah, and continue. you deployments that you're not right. available for
1: so that's just a little bit of how these deployments come in and how they shake out
0: that's great. Thanks for that insight, Taylor. I I think that um, it's interesting to note that there are so many requirements that need to be met on a deployment. I mean, literally, when we're vetting candidates, we're probably looking at ten different data points um, sure. for just your average deployment. Be it licensing, experience, location, um, training, training. So many factors that go into it. So yeah, I think that that gives good insight into how we make our decisions and what our clients are looking for, and ties back into the marketability component. You know, there's so many things you can do to move yourself up the list, quote unquote, um, and make yourself more deployable. Well, Taylor, thanks so much for taking some of your valuable time to uh, spend with us this afternoon. Thank you, Tina. Hopefully we can be calling y'all soon and um, getting people out to work.